March 2019, Mars Hill, a suburb on the west side of Indianapolis, Indiana. Police received a 911 call reporting a domestic disturbance. When they attended to the scene, the woman tells a story of a man hitting her with the car. What shocked police the most was the reason for this incident. The man wouldn't tell the woman where her eight-month-old daughter was. And if that wasn't a concern enough, police were floored when they discovered the baby had not been seen for an entire week. What comes next is one of the most frustrating cases I've ever researched. The inconsistent stories, the lies, the taunting of police at the location of this absolutely beautiful little girl. It's infuriating. Amaya's mother and stepfather are now awaiting trial for her disappearance. But what actually happened to this baby? This is Amaya's story. I'm hoping that maybe someone can reach out to my child and get her home safely. But Amber Robertson doesn't know where her eight-month-old daughter Amaya could be. Robertson says the last time she saw her baby was Thursday, before her boyfriend took Amaya to this west side home. She was supposed to go to the babysitter's house on 229 South Holmes. She was never arrived there. If you don't know where your baby is, I mean, what else can you say? Tammy Beatty lives across the street from the home where Robertson's boyfriend was supposed to leave the baby. Beatty says she remembers seeing Robertson, a man, and Amaya at that house last week. Seen him coming in and out of the house uh, with the baby. And, uh, I mean, I've seen her, you know, sit the baby down in the car seat, you know, and act like she was, you know, distressed, you know, like she had a lot on her mind. Detectives searched that home Tuesday afternoon and began interviewing possible witnesses, collecting and removing evidence. Police say they've received conflicting stories throughout the investigation. While Robertson says she last saw Amaya Thursday, police say the child wasn't reported missing until two days later. And at that time, Amaya's family told investigators they didn't think she was in any danger. That all changed Tuesday when police issued a statewide silver alert for the baby. I just hope, you know, he didn't do anything to her. Right. I hope that she can be brought home safely. Robertson says she and her boyfriend had been having difficulties because she was trying to reconcile with the baby's father. On Saturday, police arrested Robertson's boyfriend, Robert Lyons, on an unrelated matter. He just kept telling me the statement that if you go with me by yourself, I will take you to go get the child. Um, I felt like I was in harm. So I didn't go. Amaya Josephine Leanne Robertson was born July 14, 2018, to mother 18-year-old Amber Robertson. Amaya having a doting older brother. Now, it's not clear who Amaya's father is. Amber herself would say she wasn't sure either. There are three men named as potential fathers, one being Amber's eldest child's dad, known only as Logan another being a man in his 40s, known only as Keith. And Keith wanted to take responsibility for Amaya if she was his daughter. He wanted to take a paternity test and pay for it, but up to the time of Amaya's disappearance, this hadn't happened because Amber would not agree. But he was certain he was the father. Amaya looked identical to his other daughter. And the third potential dad was Amber's boyfriend, 20-year-old Robert Lyons. Life was not easy for Amber and her babies. They lived in Mars Hill, on the west side of Indianapolis, Indiana. If you listened to our Diamond Bynum and King Walker Jr. episode, this area is very similar to Gary, Indiana, where they lived. It is very run down and marred with drug abuse and lots of crime. 
The residents have struggled with systematic and generational poverty and lack of education and employment opportunities. And Amber was another victim of this. She dropped out of school in the 10th grade and was unemployed. She was intellectually disabled and she was homeless. She was couch surfing with friends and family. Amber had children very young. By the time we get to the end of this episode, Amber would be pregnant with her fifth child at only 23 years old. From what I understand, she now doesn't have full-time custody of any of the children. It's all a difficult and tragic and heartbreaking situation. Let's make it clear, and I'm jumping around the timeline here, but I am not empathetic with Amber at what may or may not have happened to Amaya. As Marion County Prosecutor Ryan Mears would later state at the grand jury, quote, If you have care of a child, then ultimately you are responsible what happens with that child. And I think the changing information in the grand jury indictment reflects that. Unquote. Amber was responsible to make sure her daughter was safe and looked after, and as you will see, this didn't happen. Even if she doesn't know what happened to Amaya, she still chose to wait a week to tell anyone she was missing. She is guilty of that. But all I want to highlight is Amber was disadvantaged from the start, but that doesn't excuse her from her actions going forward. What we do know about Amaya... Her grandfather, Charles Robertson, would later state Amaya loved wind-up toys, soft toys, basically any toy that made music. Amaya was very tiny for her age, weighing only 13 pounds at eight months old, which would have been a concern for any health professional seeing the little girl. The average weight for an eight-month-old girl is more around 18 pounds. Now, my eldest was a low-weight baby, and that is just his build. He is still on the skinny side and he is 13 now, but it was never a concern for any doctor or health professional because he was meeting all his milestones. The same could not be said for Amaya. At eight months old, she was not crawling. She was not sitting on her own. She would spend her day sitting in one of two baby car seats Amber owned, rarely having time to explore the world around her or to play or for cuddles. Amaya's whole world was the car seat. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It can be difficult to train your brain to be in problem-solving mode, especially when you're faced with a difficult time in life. Whether that be financial stresses leading into the holiday season, starting a new job or that seemingly important work-life balance, nothing feels better than being able to find your own solution. A therapist can really help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or small. I have struggled with my mental health of late. If you follow the Facebook group, I have spoken about recording these tragic stories week after week. It has taken its toll the last few months. My therapist really helped me focus on what is important to me right now and helped me with that guilt of just saying no and taking a break. Having that person to talk to has really made me feel empowered to make these decisions, and it's really taken the load off my shoulders that has been weighing me down. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It couldn't be simpler. 
No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash stolen. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash stolen. March 16, 2019. A call came into the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, or MIPD, as we'll call them for the rest of this episode. It is Amber Robertson. She claimed her boyfriend, Robbie Lyons, hit her with his car in the alley behind South Holmes Avenue in Mars Hill. When police attended the scene and asked what the argument is about, Amber would only then report her daughter missing. And she was fighting with Lyons over where Amaya was. Amber would tell police that the last time she saw her daughter was March 9th, a whole week earlier. This set up alarm bells for police. They arrested Lyons for battery, but he would bond out shortly after. But he wasn't going anywhere. Police wanted to speak to both of them about the missing child. According to Amber, on the morning of March 9, 2019, the family was staying at the Waterfront Hotel. Amber wanted the night off. She didn't have her eldest child that night, so she asked Lyons to take Amaya to the home of Jeanette Browning, who had babysat Amaya before. And we will get into more about Jeanette later. Honestly, there are so many twists and turns and roundabouts in this case, but I'm trying to keep this as linear as possible. Lyons put Amaya into his maroon, falling apart 1996 Isuzu Rodeo at 1.15pm, and he left for Jeanette's home on the 200 block of South Holmes Avenue. Amber would later state her daughter was asleep when she left, a bruise on her face from an unknown injury earlier that day. And we know she had this injury because Amber posted a now-deleted picture of Amaya on her Facebook that clearly showed the bruise on Amaya's face. Now, this is the version that makes the most sense. There are conflicting reports as to who was there that day and night. There are other reports Amber was staying at the Waterfront Hotel with her other baby daddy, but this doesn't make sense. Why would Lyons willingly help his girlfriend with Amaya so she can have special alone time with another man? Multiple witnesses will support Lyons left with Amaya at this time, and this would be the last confirmed sighting of the baby. Witness sightings would then place Lyons in the vicinity of Rockville Road and Mickey Avenue between 1.30 and 8.30pm. What he is doing there all afternoon and evening, it's not clear. He also stayed on the southwest side of the city until 10pm before returning to most likely the Waterfront Hotel with Amber. Amber would also tell police that Lyons had been taunting her, that Lyons told her if she came with him alone, he would take her to Amaya, but she had been too afraid to go and didn't know what else to do, and that's why she did not report her daughter missing. Lyons would also give locations to police about where he thought Amaya could be. But when the police looked, obviously Amaya was not there, and some of these locations didn't even exist. Police would speak with the babysitter, Jeanette Browning. She claimed not to have seen Lyons, Amber or Amaya that day. In fact, she claimed to have only known the family for about a month and that she only watched Amaya briefly on maybe three occasions when someone ran to the gas station or the shops. Now, this would later be proven all untrue. 
just another inconsistency in this story. It would later turn out Jeanette had known Lyne for years. It was initially reported that the family were living in a car on Jeanette's property, but then Jeanette said on Facebook they'd only spent a few nights in her home on the weekend before Amaya went missing. Which, honestly, what person would let people they don't know in a bad neighbourhood stay at their home? But then her husband would also say on Facebook the family were living in their detached garage, so who knows what the truth is anymore? New tonight, we're hearing from the man who lives at the house where police say eight-month-old Amaya Robertson was last seen in March. Barry Browning is the husband of the woman. Police have been calling Amaya's babysitter. Yeah, police searched the Browning's house Monday and investigators dug up the backyard on Tuesday, turning up nothing. Tonight, Browning spoke only to News 8's Julia Dang. Julia, what did he show you? Well, Mike, Barry showed me the nearly foot-high piles of dirt in his yard behind me from the trenches detectives dug before declaring they didn't find anything. Barry tells me he and his wife barely knew Amaya, and they feel they're being unfairly blamed for whatever may have happened to her. I mean, we ain't done nothing. Leave us alone. Detectives have searched Barry Browning's West Side property at least three times in connection with the Amaya Robertson investigation. They get all that up right over. It's where police say the eight-month-old was last seen alive. The police kicked us out of our house, told us we had to leave. They come in here the next day and dug up my yard looking for a baby. And they found nothing. We don't know exactly what detectives were looking for or why they dug in only one corner of the yard. Over here. I was just glad they didn't dig up right there where it rock is because my Rottweiler's buried there. A copy of the search warrant provided by Barry doesn't list details or a location. The warrant didn't even have an address on it. They could use it in anybody's house. But they showed up at his. Barry's wife, Jeanette, is the woman police called Amaya's babysitter. I know I don't have nothing to do with that baby. She declined to talk to me on camera, saying her attorney advised her not to. Barry told me she watched Amaya three times. My wife seen her for the first time, like, the end of February. What was it? She came up missing the 9th of March. It's nine two weeks. She's a babysitter. Detectives have stated repeatedly they believe there are people who haven't been forthcoming about what they know. And uh, they don't have the moral courage to come forward and, and say what needs to be said. Barry believes that statement made Tuesday was directed at his wife. It's probably going to force us to move because these people call my wife a child killer. Police took Jeanette's phone weeks ago and then Barry's and their son Andrew's on Thursday. It's unclear what, if anything, they found. We know they didn't find Amaya in the yard, in the trash, or in their home. The Barry here. says the only bones buried here are his dog, Yoji's. At least 25 IMPD detectives worked on the case around the clock. The FBI came in, along with the Indianapolis Marion County Forensic Services Agency, Indianapolis Fire Department, and Marion County Prosecutor's Office. They all worked together to respond to tips and assist with the searches over several districts, working alongside community volunteers searching. Multiple searches of Jeanette's home were carried out, given this was supposedly where Lyons was heading with Amaya and where the family were staying. Police even dug up the backyard, but no trace of the missing baby could be found. She's about 16 pounds. She's a little chubby one. Uh, she's got dark black hair. She's got hazel eyes. 
Um, she has a um, birthmark on her left shoulder up by her neck area. And um, her hair is, her hair is kind of a little long, but not too much. And she's, she's small. Um, what's your message to the public out there? That my daughter gets home safely and that she's alive and she's okay. And that she's not being starved or beat. And what's, I, yeah, what's going through your mind this morning? I mean, it's been since, you know, a few days since you've seen her. I'm worried. Um, I'm shook up. I'm nervous. Um, I'm scared to begin to know what's wrong with her or if anything is wrong with her. Um, I'm just hoping that I get news that she's been found or someone hopefully comes across that, you know, maybe if they have her and they're not recognizing that she's been reported missing and can get her home to me or can contact someone that can get to her. The police would encourage Amber to give interviews. Quote, I was scared. I was worried where she could be, if she was okay. I'm just hoping she is and that she is safe. And I'm just hoping she isn't with someone that could do any harm to her. Unquote. This interview would prove a mistake. These media interviews showed Amber as flat and seemingly unconcerned. Add on to the fact Amber had not reported Amaya missing for a week, the public turned against her quickly, demanding police take action and arrest Amber for Amaya's disappearance. Police were certain that Amaya was in danger at this point. Three days after she was reported missing by her mother at 11am, a silver alert was issued. Now, the reason this was a silver alert, not an amber alert, because amber alerts typically require specific identifying details about the missing child and who they were last seen with. And police simply didn't have that information. When announcing the silver alert, police said the baby was, quote, believed to be in extreme danger and may require medical assistance. During the course of the investigation, detectives determined the baby to be in possible danger. Unquote. But then this silver alert was cancelled the next day because they weren't getting any tips from it. March 30th. A tip comes in to police to search the banks of the White River, which is less than a mile from Jeanette's home a tip that would actually be revealed to have come from Amber. She said she went there looking herself because she remembered Lyons once telling her that he and his friends used to hang out there. The search ruled inconclusive. They did find items that belonged to Amaya, but what these items were have never been confirmed. I did hear on a Facebook Live from the Justice for Amaya Robertson page that her car seat was amongst the items found. But as I said, this has never been officially confirmed by police. March 22, 2019. Police release footage from the home doorbell cameras of Lyons leaving Jeanette's home the day after Amaya was reported missing. In the video, Lyons is empty-handed as he steps out of view of the camera. Seconds later, he is headed around the yard towards the rear of the house. He goes out of the view of the camera for several minutes and then reappears, walking south down an alley, carrying what appears to be a trash bag, and then he goes out of view again. He is again empty-handed and with another man. The camera view does not show them going back inside, 
but a short time later, two police officers show up at the house. Was Lyons getting rid of evidence? Possibly, but we don't know. March 23, 2019. Police announced this case is now being investigated as a homicide. Quote, Things just don't add up. We're angry and frustrated because of misinformation, lack of information, and lack of cooperation from those most closely involved. We need information. Unquote. They would return to Jeanette's home several times over the next month with sonar scanning technology and cadaver dogs. And bags of evidence were removed, but again, nothing was found. The next update in this case I could find was in early May 2019. Lyons would be picked up on a charge related to check fraud that tied back to Jeanette. According to court documents, Lyon cashed two checks, one in February 2019 for $125 and one in March of the same year for $350. at a PLS cash checking. Both of these checks were drawn from Jeanette's account without her knowledge. The cheque cashed in March was returned to the PLS as fraudulent, leading the manager of the business to contact police. Both cheques had a phone number handwritten on them. Police tracked the number, which led them to Robert Lyons. And the surveillance video from the PLS only confirmed Lyons was the person responsible. For his crime, he received one year's probation with strict drug testing and community service. August 2019. Family friend Patricia Turner started an online petition advocating for a new law, a Myers law. That would make it a felony in the state of Indiana if a parent or guardian did not report a child missing within 48 hours after the child was last seen. Quote, It needs to be a nationwide law. It should not be just state to state. It's sad. You should not have to be told to report your child missing. If they are missing, you report it immediately. Unquote. Now, that was three years ago, and I googled and I can't find anything stating a Myers law was even considered. It seems common sense if your child is missing, you call police. But we see this far too often. A law like this is a necessity everywhere, and it's a travesty this wasn't considered in light of what happened here. March 2022. A Myers grandfather and Amber's father, Charles Robertson, wanted to revive the case. He knew that if his daughter was responsible for a Myers disappearance, then she needed to pay for what she had done. A memorial walk was held on the west side of Indianapolis to pray and remember the little girl. Quote, there are still people out there who remember her and are trying to help us to get justice, to find out what exactly happened to her. Whatever happened, someone needs to pay for this. Unquote. Police and prosecutors never gave up their last search for Amaya just last week, and now a grand jury indictment. Amaya's mom, Amber, and mom's ex-boyfriend, Robert Lyons, both face four counts of felony neglect. Prosecutors call this a monster of a case that reached a tipping point in January. I think the biggest thing for us was when we got to the point where we could sit down and digest everything that took place uh, and be able to say, okay, now we can establish a firm timeline and now we can map out exactly what, what occurred. We have a timeline. Uh, unfortunately, that hasn't led to the discovery of baby Amaya. Uh, we're hopeful that going forward, uh, 
We'll continue to get information. Grand jury proceedings are confidential, but here's what we do know. After numerous searches and tips, physical evidence and witness testimony are what led to the indictments. The next update in the case comes in September 2022. A Marion County grand jury indicted Amber and Lyons on four counts. The indictment alleges Amber and Lyons, quote, cruelly confined Amaya Robertson and deprived her of necessary support and deprived her of necessary food, water or sanitary facilities, unquote. And that these actions directly resulted in serious bodily injury to the baby. Basically what I'm reading from this. The grand jury decided that actions by Amber and Lyons to neglect this sweet child resulted in her death, and then they chose to cover it up. If found guilty of these charges, both Amber and Lyons face 16 years in prison, a small portion of the life that was lost here. What was actually revealed in this grand jury is unclear. These records have been sealed. For these charges... Marion County Prosecutor Ryan Mears said, quote, I think the biggest thing for us when we get to the point where we could sit down and digest everything that took place and be able to say, OK, now we can establish a firm timeline and we can map out exactly what occurred, unquote. IMPD Deputy Chief Kendall Adams added on to this, quote, Unfortunately, this has not led to the discovery of Amaya Robertson, we're hopeful that going forward we'll continue to get information. Unquote. Amber Robertson and Robert Lyons were meant to face trial in November of 2022, but due to a backlog because of COVID, this has been rescheduled to September next year, 2023. We will keep you updated with what happens in this trial. I know this is one I'll be following closely. I do have a feeling Amber will talk. She is currently pregnant and does not want to serve a lengthy sentence in prison. If a plea deal is on offer, I think she'll take it. Watch this space. Ultimately, what everyone wants here is justice for Amaya. I think any situation where her remains are recovered and those who are responsible receive their punishment, it will be a good day. At the time of her disappearance, Amaya Robertson was eight months old. She was 1 foot 11 and 13 pounds with brown hair and blue eyes. She has a birthmark on her left shoulder near her neck. If Amaya is still alive today, she would be four years old. Still so much a baby. If you have any information regarding the disappearance and presumed murder of Amaya Robertson, please do not hesitate to contact the Indianapolis Metro Police Department on 317-327-6160. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives, please search Stolen Lives on Facebook, like the page so you don't miss an episode, and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu.